This past week, I've been reflecting a lot on uh, just where we are in our liturgical calendar. Like where we are coming out of Lent and the Triduum and now into this new season of Easter. This new period of embracing the resurrection, the mystery of the resurrection, that new life within us. And while it's easy to think about that and it's, it's easy to talk about that, it's really hard to live that. See, during Lent, as I told the kids a few times for the children's liturgy, my Lenten penance, my biggest one, was giving up my snooze button. Now, many people are like, okay, congratulations, you gave up a snooze button. But you don't understand, I'm like a snooze button pro, okay? Uh, In college, my parents would be surprised to hear that I used to snooze right through classes. Over and over and over, and my GPA reflected it, don't worry. After a few years of getting used to just being able to snooze right right next to my bed, I started realizing, hey, if I'm going to wake up, I need to put the clock on the other side of the room. Maybe whenever it goes off, I'll walk across, take the alarm off, put on a light, and I'm awake. But I've gotten really good at kind of half sleepwalking across the room, hit the snooze button, walk back, and lay back down for that extra nine minutes of sleep that is going to obviously make or break my day. Now, to give up a snooze button during the course of Lent is, for me, was, was a hard thing to do. And I think I only used it twice. And it was like extreme cases. Really extreme cases. But if this week is any indication, I have made up for the last 40 days of hitting the snooze button in a week's time. Every day, waking up, hit it. Every day, going back to it, doing the half sleepwalk across the room and back to bed. Over and over and over again. So I kind of question, what did Lent actually do? I think all of us, we recognize that Lent is a hallowed time. It's a different time. It's a time of prayer, fasting, almsgiving, focus on God. We embrace something that's going to be a little bit hard, or we do something that's a little bit extra to try and focus more on God. And when it's over, the question is, what do we do? What did we do? What benefit was Lent? When we come out of Lent, now we're in the Easter season, do we just kind of rewind back to Mardi Gras? And we're the same person we were before we started giving stuff up or doing stuff extra? Or are we different now? Are we different on this side of Lent? Are we different on this side of the desert? And are we embracing the mystery of Easter, the mystery of the resurrection, the new life that God offers to each one of us? It's so fitting in our church that the week after Easter would be Divine Mercy Sunday. Because if we're going to receive that new life in Christ, we're never going to be able, ultimately, we're going to fall over and over and over. And if we're going to live in that new life that Christ gives us, we're going to need His mercy. Amen? Amen. So today, our greetings even suggest a way for us to dive in and understand God's mercy in a new way. It's twofold. 
The first part we get from the Gospel today. Where we experience that God has mercy on us. We look at the Scripture. We really think about what we're at. Being in the, up in the locked room. And Christ appearing to His disciples. This happens on Easter night. That morning... Peter and John had run out to the, to the tomb. It was empty. Two days before, Jesus had been, had been murdered before them. And in his darkest hour, in his, in his most depressing time, in the hardest part of his life, what did 10 of the 11 men in this room do? They ran. They abandoned Him. So when Jesus appears to them, when Jesus comes to them, when they're hearing that Jesus is alive, I think their reaction would have been a lot more of fear, of worry. And I've offended him. I wasn't standing next to him in his hardest time. I gave up on the friendship that we had built over three years. And now he's coming to us? He must be coming to judge. But Jesus' first words when He comes into the room is very simple. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And He says it over and over to them. See, God's mercy meets us. God's mercy is that spot where our sinfulness meets His love. Where for every reason known to man, we should be judged, we should be condemned, that He looks at us and says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He follows up this, this, this invitation of peace be with you with giving the apostles the power to forgive sins. And that's been handed on throughout the centuries of the church. Now today, we experience the same thing in the sacrament of confession. That powerful moment of mercy where our sinfulness meets God's love. And the words that are spoken to us through absolution essentially come out to, peace be with you. I forgive you. You're within my fold. Now that's the first aspect of God's mercy. Is that first, He has mercy on us. Now the second, we can kind of get out of our first reading. And that is that if He has mercy on us, we should show mercy to others. In, this, in the tradition of the church, the, reading of our fir the first reading that we had today shows itself in the catechism around almsgiving. Now, when we read it, if you read it in the book, if you heard it, one spot may have seemed a little bit weird. Everybody was selling their stuff and pooling it together. It almost sounds like, like, man, was the early church communists or socialists? No. What it is, it's a teaching on almsgiving, that we take care of the poor. See, in the tradition of the church, we have, this, we have the, the understanding of the corporal works of mercy, of showing mercy to those around us, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, visiting the imprisoned, visiting the sick, praying, we have the spiritual works of mercy as well, but doing all these things to show mercy to those around us. 
One thing, if God is going to be merciful to us, if he's going to speak the words, peace be with you, if in the spots of our sinfulness, God is going to meet us with love, then we're called to do the same. We're called to do the same with our brothers and sisters that we come in contact with in our daily lives. If you want, as, a, as an encouragement, if you want Easter to feel different, if you want Easter to look different, maybe there's seven corporal works of mercy. You can Google it. You can look it up. They're there. One week throughout the Easter season, Take one a week. That this week, I'm going to embrace feeding the hungry. This week, I'm going to embrace giving drink to the thirsty. And watch God put people in our lives where we can do that homework. Where we can meet people in their sinfulness, in their struggle, in what they lack with our love. See, each one of us are called in some way to be the resurrection, to live the resurrection, to show the rest of the world that Jesus Christ died and rose for our sake. We're called to witness to that, to the rest of the world. When I was in, uh, two years ago, I had the opportunity with my class from Notre Dame, we went to the Holy Land for a pilgrimage. And one one of the most special spots that we were able to visit was we were able to visit the tomb, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And there's a chapel that's dedicated to being the tomb of Christ. So we were able to celebrate Mass in the tomb. And we came out. And when we came out, I looked at one of my classmates. And I told him, I said, we're the resurrection. And he was like, yeah, okay. I said, no. We went into the tomb. We laid down our life, our sinfulness, everything about us. We gave it to God. We received him. And we walked out with him. We are the resurrection. Each of us today, as we approach this mass, as we come to this church, we don't come into the tomb of Christ. We come into the church of cutoff. But when we walk into this church, what are we doing? At the very beginning of mass, we offer up our sinfulness. We lay it down. We ask God to forgive us. In a few minutes, we receive Him, body, blood, soul, and divinity, into our bodies, into ourselves. And we walk out new persons, new life, called to go and spread the gospel, to go out and announce the gospel of the Lord. Each one of us is called in our daily life to be the resurrection, to show the resurrection, to witness to the power that God has given, the power that God has shown on us by giving us new life. One way for us to do that is by reflecting and and really committing to a life of the corporal works of mercy, of showing God's mercy to those around us. If we do that, then we don't rewind the clock back to Mardi Gras, back to Lent, back before Lent, and we don't let this time of year just kind of go by the wayside. Instead, we walk forward. We continue our relationship with God in a new way, with a new depth, with a new power, 
that we've received life from him. We're fed and strengthened in that life. And we're called to witness it to the rest of the world.